Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Which quarterbacks have the most to prove in 2024? And which teams are poised to make a national championship run in 2024? Let's go. It's the number one college football show. What's up, again, folks? Welcome to the number one college football show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today on the show, I want to talk about the five quarterbacks I believe have the most to prove in 2024. But first, I want to talk about the five teams I think are poised to make a run at the national championship this season. So we're going to get straight to the list. Start at number five, put a number one, you know how we do. Number five, I got Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Rebels. This, I think, is going to catch some people off guard, and I'm fine with that. Because I watched a lot of Ole Miss football last year, more than I thought I was going to watch because they were good. They had their first 11-win season in school history last year. They've been playing football for over 100 years in the state of Mississippi. Okay, The SIP ain't never been this good. All right, Then add into this their losses. Alabama, Georgia. Good football program, right? You know what I'm saying? The two teams playing the SEC championship game, Ole Miss is right there, right? And given what Jackson Dart has shown, I think they got a spot now. Here's the problem. The problem is Quinshawn Judkins has since transferred, right? But Ulysses Bentley has come back. I think that's a great move. If Logan Diggs, who transferred from LSU, can also help them out, you you can probably get some similar production, although Quinshawn Judkins is an elite talent. They also made their offensive line a priority, and while nobody was looking, they added a couple of Washington offensive linemen off last year's team, the one that won the Joe Moore Award. And then Pete Golding did his job recruiting for the defense, landing the best non-quarterback available outside of Caleb Downs, right, and Walter Nolan out of AM. So they are loading up, and they are ready to go in as far as what the transfer portal can do for them. It's can these pieces mesh together this spring and into the summer? And knowing that Alabama might take a step back, can you beat up on a Georgia if, it, if you got to go see them, right? And what is... Ole Miss going to be able to do against Oklahoma, those sorts of things. But I think if you're Lane Kiffin and you're Pete Golden, you feel like this is the year. This is the magic year. This is the one that you have been building toward. And the portal has given Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss a leg up that they never had. Like I mentioned the 11 win part. 
That is because they can go into the portal and pull out guys that they can't normally recruit to the University of Mississippi. That's not a small thing. So taking advantage of the landscape as it is, is actually what Lane Kiffin is best at. Even as he is moaning and complaining about the state of college football, I'm going, hey, look, dog, you weren't that good at Tennessee. You weren't that good at SC. You were this good at Ole Miss because of the portal. All right? Let's not bite the hand that feeds. Let's see if Ole Miss can get it going in 2024. Number four on the list. Let's go all the way out west to a team playing in the Midwest. That's the Oregon Ducks. I like Oregon. I like Dan Lanning. I understand that they're losing Bo Nix, but they got a guy coming in that I think is going to be pretty good. They also added another guy that I thought had all the talent in the world at quarterback, Dante Moore. And then on the offensive side, you still get to keep Will Stein, who is a great play caller. I think that guy's going to be in position to put his name in the hat once again for the Broyles Award, if not for a head coaching job. You're able to retain your defensive coordinator and Tosh Lapoy. You're getting all the support necessary to go into the Big Ten as a contender. As a matter of fact, of the four teams that are going to the Big Ten now, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington, I think Oregon is the one to watch in as far as being able to make some noise there. Remember when Mario Cristobal was head coach at Oregon, they went to Columbus and they beat Ohio State without Kayvon Thibodeau on the field. Okay, Dan Lanning is every bit the guy capable of doing that. And I love knowing that he is going to be aggressive in the portal and he's going to be aggressive recruiting and that he's going to be at Oregon for as long as they want him to be at Oregon. I think this is going to be a team that we're all pretty closely watching, given what they have added in the portal, given what Dan Lanning is about. And if that defense can really step up, I think they got a shot to win the Big Ten championship, not just punch a ticket to the college football playoff, but get one of those automatic bids, which would lead you to, we think, a buy in the new model. Number three on the list, one of the University of Texas. Some of this has to do with what Texas was able to do in 2023. Some of this has to do with Steve Sarkeesian getting $10 million annually. Coach University of Texas. But most of this has to do with the talent that is always up and down Texas. Like, that's been the thing. Texas has always been one of the most talented teams in football. But they have, for the last few years, underperformed. Last year was not that year. Last year, they answered the bell, right? They went on the road, and they beat Nick Saban in Alabama by double digits in Tuscaloosa, right? That's that's not a small thing. You get Quinn Ewers back. You're adding to that wide receiver core. You're adding to that defense. Yes, you're going to lose some dudes, but everybody loses some dudes, and you're still going to be able to go into the portal in the spring, fill out some gaps. But I think the cohesion that he's going to have in that quarterback room uh, the cohesion that he's going to have on that defense, being able to retain most of your staff, right, is not a small thing. I expect Texas to be right there battling with Ole Miss, battling with Georgia, and then we'll see, right? There, there's a lot of question marks for me inside the SEC. I don't think these are going to be the way that they have always been. For instance, if Florida ups and, you know, demolishes what probably is the most difficult schedule in college football history, we're having a different conversation. Right? Like, that's the thing. I'm looking at the SEC and I'm going, yo, Texas, you getting off light. You you really are. Like, the toughest game they got is Georgia coming to them. You know what I'm saying? So if you're going to march through and you're going to get the SEC championship, your first year might be your best opportunity to do this, given what the talent is and what Steve Sarkeesian is capable of with that program. Number two on the list, Georgia Bulldogs. That is penciled in. Okay, that's the one seed. That's the team we all think is going to win the SEC championship game. Some of this has to do with Kirby Smart. 
Some of this has to do with Carson Beck. Most of this has to do with they are rock solid, airtight, watertight at every position. They're really good. They're, they're really, really good. And they always seem to come up with guys that seem to fly under the radar that overperform for them. Like Dejan Edwards, for instance, right? Running back at Georgia was not that highly thought of as a recruit. Turns out to be one of your better tailbacks. And then you'll land a guy like Brock Bowers. I think that is where Georgia has excelled and really where Kirby Smart became the guy that Nick Saban always thought he would. He will scour the earth for the best possible players to be Georgia Bulldogs. If that means going to Napa, California to go get a tight end, he's going to do that. And then if that dude shows himself to have the talent, he'll play him as a true freshman. I love knowing that Georgia wants to win football games when they want to do anything else. And that's why they're terrified. That's why they're scary, right? Is you got a guy like Carson Beck who could go to the NFL draft, but wants to spend the next year at Georgia because he doesn't believe that he's a guy that helped win those other two national championships with Kirby Smart. That's Stetson's team. He wants to do it as a quarterback. That's remarkable, right? I, I think having that kind of want to in your program really feeds into everything else you're going to do. And then number one, the Ohio State Buckeyes. After losing to Michigan for a third straight time and then watching the Wolverines go undefeated as national champs, Ryan Day has made some decisions. One of those decisions was that he no longer needs to be calling the plays. And I kind of respect and love this at the same time. I say respect because it's a man that is understanding that his job is much bigger than having the best offense possible. And perhaps because he was so in tune with that offense in years past and tried to let it go just a little bit in 2023, it did not perform to the expectations that we have come to have for an Ohio State offense in 2023. However, if Ryan Day is going to hand off play calling privileges, he needs to hand them off to somebody who's at least as good as he is. So why when Bill O'Brien was the first guy that he picked for that job, everybody's kind of looking around like, I don't know if that's the that's the move, my dude. I don't I don't know. Are you a better play caller than Bill O'Brien? And it's not really about him being a better play caller. It's about can this dude do the job well enough for us to win against Michigan? Okay. Bill O'Brien's first since become the head coach at BC, which meant that he got to go, I think, make the best hire possible for Ohio State as offensive coordinator. Chip Kelly, right? Chip Kelly, a guy that helped raise Ryan Day. Ryan Day played quarterback for him at New Hampshire. They are tremendously great friends. They were not relishing the opportunities of playing against each other in the Big Ten. And I think Ryan Day can sigh, like breathe a, breathe relief, knowing that Chip Kelly's running the offense with that personnel because that is the guy that you would point to and be like, no, I don't have to worry about it because Chip's got it. I don't have to overlook the play calling sheets. I don't need to know what he is planning to do against said team. And he can be a head coach, right? He can be engaged in all facets of, of what it is, and as that season wears on, particularly for Ohio State, the closer you get to Michigan, the more Ryan Day is going to be pulled in a million different directions. And I'm not going to sugarcoat seeing Ross Bjork come in at Ohio State and then fire men's basketball coach Chris Holtman, sending him out with $12 million means that, yeah, that dude is going to pull the trigger if he does not think that you are the guy to get it done. He did it with Jimbo Fisher, sending him down the road with $77 million, right? The money ain't the thing, and Ryan Day gets that. So what has he also done? He has gone into the portal like only an Ohio State coach could. We want the best possible players to come to Ohio State. What do we have to do to do to get them to come? So he got Quinshawn Judkins, 
from Ole Miss. He got Caleb Downs, who I think is the best defensive back in the entire sport, to come on down, right? Continue to look around at the guys that he lost, and they don't really feel like they're losing a lot. Marvin Harrison Jr., right? And then you look around and you go, Julian Fleming was the number one rated wide receiver in 2020 class. He's transferred to Penn State. They might not miss him. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. Kyle McCord was your starting quarterback. He won every game but the one they played against Michigan. He has since transferred. It's fine. You are not only good at quarterback, you're full at quarterback. You go from having Lincoln Keenholz having to come in for a hurt Devin Brown in the Cotton Bowl to adding two outstanding true freshmen and Aaron Nolan and Julian Sayan. And then a great grad transfer, right, to, to fill this out. You have options. You have given yourself the best possible roster to go into battle with in 2024. But after going ham in the portal and after tapping Chip Kelly to be the play caller, it's still about November 30th in Columbus. That's 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 the season. And I hate saying that because we play 12 games, but there's only one that they care about at Ohio State. And he has to win it. Last year, I thought it was asinine that people were going, maybe Ryan Day is not the guy. I'm going, that dude's a missed field goal away from basically winning the national championship, all right? Like, it's it was that close. To now he's lost three in a row to Michigan. We have people going, okay, a fourth in a row will not will not be at all taken into account. Like, we're just going to, we're just going to let it go. And I'm thinking about this from a, a fan's perspective. At Ohio State, it is not what have you done. It is what have you done for me lately. It's not a judgment, and it's not me looking down on anybody. That is just a fact. That's how they get down, and it works for them, right? They've always been able to recruit at a high level. They've always been able to get good coaches, and they are not afraid to let a guy walk that wins nine games but loses to Michigan, right? Like John Cooper, for instance, right? It can happen to him. I don't want it to happen to Ryan Day because I think he's perfect for the job. And I think nobody wants to win a national championship at that place more than he does. But to do that, you got to beat Michigan. And Michigan doesn't have Jim Harbaugh. They are losing J.J. McCarthy. They're losing a ton of talent off of that offense and that defense. Coordinators are gone. This is the year where you ought to get back to beating Michigan like a drum if you're an Ohio State fan. We'll find out if that is true. And if it is, I'm willing to bet that Ohio State is into the college football playoff with a shot to win the whole damn thing in 2024. All right, let's go from my top five championship contenders in 2024 to which quarterbacks have the most to prove in 2024. And the list, I think, is pretty stacked because one of the things I like about name, image, and likeness is guys are incentivized to stay in school because school is paying them to stay in school. So we're going to go through this list. It's not numbered on your screen, but numbered for me. So number five, I got Cam Ward at Miami. It's his third school. He has never won a conference title. And he chose to return to college football after initially saying that he was going to enter the NFL draft out of Washington State. Then he looked around and saw a loaded QB class like the rest of us said, you know what, how much y'all want to pay me to stay here? Ends up in Miami. Now, I think that Cam Ward was the most talented dude to enter his name into the transfer portal at the quarterback position. We know that he's capable of slinging it. We know that he is capable of making plays. We also know that he will put the ball on the floor a little more than I would like. Right? 
but it's a guy that grew up in Texas that went up to Pullman, made it happen, and he's going down to Miami for what will probably be his last season of college football as a grad transfer, I might add, right? I think that this is a man that needs to win at a high level to boost his NFL draft stock into the first round because that was my question. Is that a first-round quarterback? Not for me, right? But he can be. Take better care of the football. Put up the kind of numbers that we're used to seeing you put up, right? Wouldn't hurt nobody's feelings for you to put up those numbers you had in Incarnate Word. You know what I'm saying? Lead Miami to an ACC title game appearance. Play a New Year's Six Bowl, and then we'll see, right? I think that's what he has to prove. Number four on the list, I got DJ Ui Ungalale, who has since transferred to Florida State. It is also his third school, and he hasn't led a team to a conference title as the starter. DJ Ui Ungalale was coming out of high school with the same hype that accompanied Bryce Young. One of those guys won the Heisman Trophy and just finished his rookie season in the NFL. The other guy chose to leave Clemson for Oregon State and then Oregon State for Florida State. I also think that he's going to Florida State because he wants to show he is the guy that we thought he was in 2020 when he was able to bring Clemson from 18 back to beat Boston College, right? When he's putting on really great displays against Notre Dame. He's got everything you want from an athletic standpoint. I mean, he's, he still throws a 95-mile-an-hour baseball, and I would love to see that dude pitch. But at Florida State, Mike Norvell is looking around going, okay, we went undefeated. And the reason that they left us out of the college football playoff is because my quarterback got hurt. Okay. If I have another talented quarterback who does not get hurt, you could put up the same sort of numbers as Jordan Travis, what will they do with us then? I think DJ Uyunglele would like to see the answer to that question too because he wants to prove that he can lead a team at a major college football program to a conference title, if not to the college football playoff, if for no other reason but to vindicate his talent. I think that is in the offing for him at Florida State. Next on the list, I got Dylan Gabriel, who has, again, on his third school, right, Central Florida, Oklahoma, and now Oregon, and he hasn't won a conference title, which I know you're shocked to hear, right? Because you're looking at Central Florida, no, that he wasn't to do, right? Oklahoma, no, it didn't happen for 6-17, and 17, and it didn't happen last year because Kansas happened. First loss to Kansas, 1998. Okay, all right. Going to Bedlam. Going into Bedlam. Nope, nope. Can't get it done there either. So he's transferring. And I was thinking, all right, you're going up there with Dante Moore. But I think we all believe that, yeah, Dylan Gable is probably going to beat out Dante Moore for the job. But you are inheriting a really great program. Bo Nix did everything he could with that team, right? Nobody looked at Bo Nix last year and said he's the guy that's holding back Oregon. That is the standard. You have to demonstrate that you are at least as good as Bo Nix was in his last year at Oregon, which is very, very good, right? That Bo Nix is, I think, a fringe first-round quarterback, but you kind of got to talk yourself into it the way that you got to talk yourself into Jaden Daniels. And I think that's where Dylan Gabriel also peaks. I don't think that a Heisman Trophy winning season is going to change your opinion overall of Dylan Gabriel, but it could ensure that he is drafted in the middle of the first round versus, say, the top of the second round. And at Oregon where he wanted to go, where he wanted to wear Marcus Mariota's number, they're going to expect you to vindicate that number, which means you need to put up some Heisman-level stats and need to lead Oregon to what we think is an appearance in the Big Ten title game, if not win a conference title. And then next on the list, 
We finally get to somebody who has demonstrated they can win a championship in quarterback Will Howard, who chose to leave Kansas State, transfer to Ohio State. And I think the read on Will Howard is kind of wrong because that's a big man. That's six foot four, two forty, right? Damn near Cam Newton. But more than that, came off the bench in 2022 and led Kansas State to a Big 12 title against the undefeated Texas Christian Horn Frogs, who ended up beating Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl and then finishing runner-up in the national title game. Now, there was a chasm between Texas Christian and Georgia, right? We get that. But again, Texas Christian beat Michigan. Michigan won the national championship just last year. I think Will Howard is trying to show NFL teams that he is a first-round quarterback. I think right now, from an athletic standpoint, you could see it getting there, right? I could I could see that guy turning into the kind of dude that we talk about, like, say, Josh Allen. I think his ceiling is a little bit higher than Dylan Gabriel's, but at a place like Ohio State, you're going to have to do this right now, right? They're not going to wait for you. And there are guys in that quarterback room who I think could be more talented than he is, but he is the most experienced guy in that room. I think he wants to prove that if you give him the kind of roster that Ohio State has, he can help lead them to the college football playoff and lead them past Michigan for the first time since 2019. And that would go a long way, not just at Ohio State and college football, but in the NFL, right? Because there are lots of folks that watch Ohio State to find out Who's going to get drafted and where? And if you're the guy at quarterback making all those decisions, you're going to get the benefit of that doubt. All right. The next quarterback on this list, the last one we got to talk about, is Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers, who won a conference title, kept Arch Manning on the bench, and forced Malik Murphy to initiate his transfer in the middle of college football playoff preparation. That is how little Malik Murphy thought he was going to have a shot to win this job in the spring. So it is very much Quinn Ewers' job. We're also talking about one of the most talented football players in recruiting rankings history. Okay? We're talking about six dudes by the time he got there had a perfect 1.00 rating across the composite. That was including ESPN, 247, and Rivals. Right? Everybody knew the dude coming out of South Lake Carroll could sling it. Then he goes to Ohio State. Right? Graduates early. It doesn't work out. He transfers to Texas. The first year doesn't go great because it's also his true freshman year, if we're being honest. And then last year, you got to see him grow up. And you got to see what it looks like when Quinn Ewers is slinging it. Can he stay healthy? That's number one, right? And then, if he can stay healthy, can he lead Texas back to the college football playoff and perhaps to a national championship? It is a dude that really should have been at Texas the whole time. And I think even he would say that now. But it is also a man that wants to do what Colt McCoy could not win the national championship, beat the best team in the SEC to do it. He has everything to prove because there are some folks that still don't think that he's one of the better quarterbacks eligible for the 2025 draft, right? It's a little too erratic on his behalf, but you can see the arm talent is there. You can see the accuracy is there. If he is getting that PhD in quarterbacking that he claims to be getting from Steve Sarkeesian, I expect that to show up in 2024, and I think he has to go and prove that. All right, that is going to do it 
for today's episode of the number one college football show. We, we will be back live on Tuesday. Our number one college football show leads of screening are Jack Coakley and Torn Westfall. They make us better in the film room. Production assistants Kiara Santana and Jim Cunningham put the special in our special teams. Social producer Javion Duncan makes sure the recruits and the rivals see the cake we bake. Chaz Boulay is sending in the signal. Senior producer Catherine Cordaji sees the entire field from the booth. Lead producer Tyler Wojak calls the plays from the sideline and the play snaps on my clap. Again, you'll see all live on Tuesday. Till then, stay low. Keep those feet driving. Doses. <laughs>